Hello and welcome to episode 64 of No Crying in Baseball, weirdly the redemption episode. I did not see that coming. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hey there, this is Potty Mouth. You know, I was thinking that really works with the whole New Year's thing. We celebrated a new year this year, so we have redemption and we have possibilities for the future. What will happen in 2019 season? And hopefully our, our newly redeemed boyfriends will hit it out of the park, so to speak. On this week's show, we're going to start with a follow-up to last week's conversation about the new MLB deal with the Cuban Baseball Federation. There's some news about that. We're going to update you on what's happening with free agents because, yes, it's January and almost nothing is happening. And we're going to talk about our newly redeemed boyfriends, or some of them are redeemed a little bit earlier, from the Twins and the Diamondbacks. And we're going to close with some news about girls in baseball. Let's go to Cuba. Let's go to Cuba. First, let's have Cuba come here. Did you know that there was a Juego de Estrellas, a Cuban all-star game, yesterday in Miami? No. I don't understand. Go figure. You'd think with all this Cuba talk that somebody would say something about it, especially happening in Miami. I don't understand why I couldn't find anything on it in English, but it did happen. And it's not like we don't pay attention to baseball news around here either. Go figure. Yeah, and there were some actual big names there, especially for people who have been listening closely to our podcast, which is kind of why this jumped out at me a little bit. It was, uh, they do this every year. This is the eighth annual, and it was on the eve of Three Kings Day, which is January 6th today. Uh, In Spanish, I think that's uh, Los Magos Reyes, Reyes Magos, that's it, like Magician Kings. And it was free. So open to anybody in Miami to come to celebrate Cuba. And that's basically what it was about. And the coaching was some of the well-known former Cuban players that we have been talking about. For example, Victor Mesa, dad to my boyfriend from the Marlins, Victor Victor Mesa. He was (laughs) one of the coaches for the uh, West team. So they divided this into players from the East and players from the West. And they were colored red and blue. And I guess this is the way it works every year. So the West was coached by Victor Mesa, along with a couple of other huge Cuban names, Livan and his brother Orlando Alduque Hernandez, two amazing pitchers that we've heard a lot about. And on the other side, on the East, was coached by the father of my Blue Jays boyfriend, Lourdes Gurriel, who I talked about before. And, and we've talked about both of these Cuban families on this show. So I thought it was kind of cool that they were both involved in this game. I don't know who won. So I, I asked our friend Alfredo from Con las Bases Llenas, and hopefully he'll get back to me. But he's going to be busy tonight interviewing El Duque live on Facebook. So at this point, this has already happened when you hear this. But if you want to go back on Con las Bases Llenas to hear the interview, it is in Spanish. If you want crib notes, just send me a message and I'll give them to you. Um Along the lines of the deal that you were just talking about, though, Patty, with the with Major League and the Cuban players being able to come here a little bit easier, it seems like there's been a little bit of tension in the press because we know that Ted Cruz and Trump, I think, made some comments against this deal actually going through. So the Confederate, the Cuban Federation of Baseball, Federación Cubana de Baseball, has tweeted twice in English, which I don't think they do very often. And the first one 
they used the hashtag fake news. So that kind of cracked <laughs> me up because they said that there's a rumor out there that they're getting money from the players' salaries. And they said that's fake news. They get their fee, but the, the players are actually keeping their full salary. And the other thing that they tweeted was the money that they are getting is going to the good of Cuba, that it's going to be in developing the amateur leagues. And they mentioned kids, especially in youth leagues. And of course, Every Cuban in this country is sort of taking that with a little bit of a grain of salt, saying they don't trust the government. The money's going to the government. They're not totally sure what that's going to end up meaning. But the bottom line is they're still in favor of this deal because of the stopping of the trafficking and that that excessive payment to agents that we were talking about before. So we'll see how uh, the FCB does with their little propaganda on Twitter here. The, the cool thing... Also, that's happening right now, though, is the Cuban Winter Leagues, as all the other Winter Leagues we've been talking about, are in playoffs. And for the first time in at least a long time, there are MLB scouts down there watching the Cuban playoffs. So we'll see where that goes. It was good for my vocabulary. I learned that the Cuban <laughs> word for, not Cuban, Spanish word for scout is casa talentos, which means uh, talent hunters. Kind of cool. I learned so much from you, Potty Mouth. <laughs> I learned words I'll never be able to pronounce, even on my best days, but that's okay. And then there are words you probably wouldn't repeat. There are many of those. Yeah. There are many, many of those. We're going to switch to MLB right now, full on, and tell you what's going on with free agency. Last year at this time, we were lamenting that nothing was happening with free agents. Everything was moving very slowly. The hot stove was only sort of lukewarm. Well, aside from a couple of deals here and there, the free agency market is still moving pretty damn slowly. Right now, there are still nearly 200 free agents who are unsigned. Only 50 have signed. 44 of those were for contracts of fewer than two years. Wow, that's an amazing trend to watch if that keeps going. Yeah, part of the the um, the complication there is most free agents, we're going to use your favorites, Machado and Harper, as examples. Because oh, we had to get to them. We huh? had to because actually a lot is kind of hinging on what they do. They both want 10-year or more deals. Of course they do. And the teams like that in one respect because they can spread that salary out longer so their their yearly salary is a little bit less, maybe keeping them under the luxury tax. But as we've talked about and as we've witnessed, the players... We, we were reviewing that earlier today. Their best year is their 28th year, right? When they're 28 years mm -hmm. old. So a lot of these free agents are getting close to that or will certainly get there early in whatever free agency contract they would sign. So these teams are promising to pay a lot of money for the years where their players aren't as good anymore. So that's kind of part of the tension and how are we signing people anymore? We're all waiting on Harper and Machado because there's a bunch of people like next in line, like AJ Pollock and others like him, that once Harper and Machado get situated, other teams will know what they have to deal with, what money they have, what positions they need to fill. So everyone else is just hanging out and waiting until those guys are placed. But the trick is, just because a team doesn't spend $350 million on Machado, it doesn't mean they're going to give that money to Pollock, for instance. He may not be in for nearly that much money, right? Because um, a phrase that um, Jeff Passan used in, a, in an ESPN thing that I read today was teams are looking at stars and kids as the makeup of their team, right? A bunch of young players are developing and one or two sort of marquee names, like the Machado, like the Harper. So there's not a lot of room for like the upper middle class of baseball players. 
So that's where that is right now. Moving slowly, still waiting for Harper and Machado to do anything. I wish I'd looked this up, but I think that both Harper and Machado are Boris, uh, 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 Scott Boris is their agent. Am I right? At Harper least one is, of them. Harper I definitely. don't know that Machado is. Because that's another influence. His whole thing has been trying to get these long-term contracts, and let's see how well he does at it. We have some boyfriends who, you know, I'm, I'm learning a little. I would have had a much harder line on these guys maybe last year, but I'm softening, and I believe that, um, that the men who make bad choices can be redeemed, depending on what the bad choices were about. So here we go. Yeah, this makes me a little bit hopeful as a high school teacher, though, because I see boys making bad choices on a daily basis. So these guys were even a little bit older when they made their bad choices, but they're turning it around. So I am hopeful. We're starting with the Twins in the American League, and my last year's boyfriend, so these are the guys that we pick every week who we think it would be cool to hang out with them if we had a chance. And I picked Ronald Therese from the Yankees last year with a little bit of duress. I wasn't psyched about picking a Yankees boyfriend. But interestingly, he's on the Twins now. So my first instinct was, can I weasel in to keep him? Because the Yankees didn't really use him that much last year. And oddly, he was traded from the Yankees to the Cubs. And maybe you can help me here. And then he was not tendered by the Cubs. Or and non-tendered. Non-tendered mm-hmm. by the Cubs. And now here he is. The twins just picked him up. Right. Yeah. And I think your ex-boyfriend, Jonathan Scope, who's also now on the twins. So we have a couple of ex-boyfriends who we got from different places last year who are now on the twins. We cannot have as boyfriends again. But it's weird that they're both there for this reason, right? I was wondering about Scope because he's actually now once removed, right? He went hmm. to the Brewers from the O's, but then he went from the Brewers to the Twins. So now that it's a second team, can I? No, I can't because we've already profiled them. Oh, yeah, the so, profile. So the non-tendered thing was if you're, you're tendered a contract, means you're offered a contract. If a team does not tender you a contract, you're basically cut loose and other teams can pick you up. That's the very short answer. We're going to go with the very short answer today. So that's how these guys got there. Both of them were non-tendered. So somehow Torres had a very short stay in Chicago. But now I'm going with Eddie Rosario, and I'm actually really excited about this. He's a a promising, very promising left fielder for the Twins who's under contract with them through 2021. So unless they decide to do some kind of weird trade, I'm hoping he sticks around for a while. The past couple years, he's done pretty well. Last year, he had a rough ending. He was batting 219 in the last month before he was shut down with some quad issues. But even with that crappy average for the end, he had 288. Oh, my lack of glasses is hurting me. 288 overall last season. And in 2017, which was his first season in the majors, he was averaging 290. So I think he's going in the right direction. And he's one of the guys who was really into that Twins Indian series in Puerto Rico that we talked about last year because that's where he's from. So when he went there, he visited his old high school, which definitely pulls my heartstrings. And his English teacher was impressed by his English because he was speaking bilingually. So as a high school teacher of English, that's just such a nice thing to hear. He uh, also hosted a baseball clinic while he was there. So doing good things while he was down there. And he went and hung out with his old coach from when he was little, from Little League. And I think this is the most inspiring quotation for all of you parents out there 
of baseball youth. What his youth quote, his youth coach <laughs> said, yeah, this beer was a good idea. What his youth coach said was the most important thing is that his parents supported him and were there at every game. So going to those games, folks, in that crappy weather, no matter what, it makes a difference in the long run. It does. You can always bring a blanket. Please bring a blanket. Take care of yourself, but take care of your kid first. Yeah, definitely check in with Patty for pointers on how to be on the sidelines in all sorts of weather. Fingerless gloves are your friends. I'll just leave it there. So Eddie Rosario made two trips to Puerto Rico in the offseason last year. So not this offseason happening right now yet, but last year when the whole Hurricane Maria relief effort was in. And he actually went door to door with relief supplies in the mountains in areas where it was hard to get the supplies to. So that is some impressive dedication. That's huge baseball boyfriend points for me. He is um, married. His wife's name is Milani, and he has three kids. And I'm just going to say I'm going to forgive him for a little bit of, of error. And this is where the redemption comes in. In 2014, at the tender age of 22, he was suspended for 50 games uh, because of a drug uh, test went bad. And it's unclear what the drug is was. There are some maybe nasty people out there that are spreading rumors that it could have been cocaine. That's been denied and I saw nothing to prove it. He's saying that or he said at the time that it was one of those situations where he took a drug in the in Puerto Rico for an arm injury and he didn't know that the stuff was in it. But when it all came out, he took responsibility. He said, I shouldn't have done it. He said, I intend to learn from this mistake and continued development in both professional and personal growth. Redemption. I'm going to give it to him. That was redemption number one. Redemption number two is Nelson Cruz, designated hitter, age 38. Yep, 38. He's 10 years older than I think my oldest boyfriend so far this year. I've been picking all of these young guys, these up-and-comers, and I'm going with a flat-out superstar. Why not? So Nelson Cruz was just signed by the Twins as a free agent for one year, fewer than two-year deal, for $14 million as a DH. And some folks are saying that's a little low for him, but he's 38. He's 38. Although last year he hit 37 home runs and no one in the Twins organization hit more than 24. So he was 37 last year and he Uh, hit 37 home runs. Maybe he's going to do 38 this year. I think think we should go with that science. I'm sure that's science. Um, but a lot of folks are saying this looks this is like a, a sign that the twins are really amping up their power hitting, right? With Jonathan Scope coming in, a couple other guys that they're just bringing in right now are home run hitters. They don't have really high batting averages, but they hit home runs. And that was seriously lacking last year. So Nelson Cruz is there for that. He's also there because he's 38. This is, a, I think, going to be one of those stars and kids situations. They've got a pretty young team on the twins and they need people there who can be leaders in the clubhouse who can who can show the younger guys what to do um he's famous nelson cruz is famous for having this um this warm-up routine before every game with exercises and stretches and like, like every single game he even fields grounders even if he's just going to dh and so he th- Different organizations he's been with, like the Mariners, where he just came from, will require their rookies to watch him <laughs> and learn from him. Say, this is what you should be aiming for right here. All right. So in amidst all of this, um, this this famous superstar guy, he too had a 50-game suspension for PEDs in this case in 2012. And he had some lame health excuse that nobody believed. But 
again, he's been better since then. He's, I, you know, he's shown no signs of going back that direction since. And he's a six-time American League All-Star. Twice with the Rangers, once with the Orioles, three times with the Mariners. So, so local points for you there with your Orioles. That's right. That's right. He also won the Silver Slugger for the American League in 2015 and 2017. That's still pretty recent. Near and dear to Potty Mouth's heart, both of his parents, where he was growing up in, in the Dominican Republic, were teachers. His mom was an elementary school teacher and his dad was a high school social studies teacher. And his dad did not want him to have idle hands because, you know, those are, the, that's, you know, devil's work. Is that right? Devil's yeah, workshop, think, something like that. It. Yeah, none of that was going to happen. So, so Nelson Sr. had Nelson Jr. working on the farm working at his uncle's auto body shop. And he said, if you don't have free time, you don't have time to do wrong. That's a good motto for most high school students, I would say. Right. And actually, because he worked so hard six days a week, in addition to going to school, he started playing basketball instead of baseball. None of the local ball fields had lights. So he couldn't play after work. He couldn't play baseball after work because he worked long hours. His only day off was Sunday and there were no games on Sunday. But the basketball courts had lights, so he was able to to do pickup games and that. So he was way into basketball for the longest time until he was almost through with high school when he picked up baseball and immediately got was seen by a, a Mets scout. His dad said, "You have to finish school before you do anything." Hey, dad so, is the teacher. So Good. dad is the teacher. Said, "Yep, finish this first, and then you you can go ahead and be a pro." So he went right from. High school to, um, he was with the Mets for a little while. Mainly he stayed in the Dominican Republic, went from the Mets to the A's, all in the DR and their various academies and all of that. And then he was in the minor leagues here in this country for a long time until 2009 with the Rangers when he finally kind of kicked it in gear, right? It took him a long time to sort of warm up to being ready for the majors. 2009 with the Rangers, things started to happen for him. When things started happening for him, he nicknamed his bat the Boomstick. Right. And this becomes important because the boomstick is like his it's like a logo for him now. It's like his is his tagline. He's got a foundation called Boomstick 23. People know him because of Boomstick. There is a rap artist out there waiting to like make that into something. I bet that could happen. I, I, it may have already. Yeah. It may have already. He has a variety of charitable works that he does, some of them through this organization, which is only a few years old. He started with the Mariners in the past couple of years. He, um, the the town that he's from in, in the Dominican Republic is Las Matas de Santa Cruz, and their fire station was gifted a fire truck by Nelson Cruz Jr. because they had none. They were like, they were like, they were so shorthanded around that they had not, they didn't have enough equipment. He had a friend whose house burned wow. to the ground. It's like, okay, wait, I can help with this. He's also helped to, so, to fund two ambulances for that fire station. Because of that relationship, the Seattle Fire Department contacted him, and he worked with them to do PR in their in a competition they were in to win a grant to buy to buy equipment for their fire station. And in return, they gave him a whole U-Haul full of of hand-me-down surplus equipment like boots and hats and coats and gloves for the fire department in the DR to take there. So that's pretty cool. He's done sort of smaller scale things like delivered toys to the kids in the DR. He's also built like education and sports centers there. Again, he's 38. He's had a lot of time to kind of develop, here's what I want to do to help. And he's got infrastructure, right? He's old enough to have a foundation. He's established. So, you know, we keep, we're profiling these young guys who are just getting started. And then we have these other guys who are like, okay, 
Here's how I give back thoughtfully and wisely. He is married, has a daughter and a son. And just this past October, he became an American citizen. And his Instagram post about that said, next up, voter registration. I'm looking forward to that one. Now we're over to the National League and the Diamondbacks. And I'm kind of amazed that they did as well as they did last year because it was really hard to find someone. I think it has to do a little bit with uh, A.J. Pollock, like you said before, being a free agent. And your your ex-boyfriend, Goldschmidt, is now elsewhere. Where is he? That's going to take a moment. There we go. Uh, And I couldn't pick Freight Train, my ex-boyfriend, David Peralta, who I was excited about last year. And then I realized I did have a second runner-up last year when I was looking to it. So I'm going to go right with him, and it's Ketel Marte, who plays second base and sometimes shortstop. He's 25 years old from the Dominican Republic. And uh, I just grabbed him right away, well, partly because I knew he was my runner-up from last year. But also there's some good mojo because he came to Arizona in 2016 on a trade from the Mariners, which included your Mariners boyfriend, Gene Segura. Who's now my Phillies? My Phillies boyfriend. Oh, you're. Oh shit, that's right. So we but went from the Mariners to the Phillies. I knew we talked about Segura. All and those that words happened in the like, same <laughs> sentence. They were just in different order. So. <laughs> and that was like last week, wasn't it? Anyway, there was. I knew there was some good energy there. And also in the off season, when he plays in the Dominican Republic, he plays on the team Gigantes de Cibao, which I had a lot of fun saying last week because my boyfriend from last week from the Rangers, the first baseman Ronald Guzman is on the same team, and uh, as is Gene Segura. So it's all just coming together in the Gigantes de Cibao. And Wilmer Defoe, who we adore from the Nationals, is also on that team. Enough about them. Now, he uh, was, 2018 was his first full year in the majors. This is back to my guy, Catel Marte. Oh, I remember him. The one that I'm supposed <laughs> to be talking about, besides Gene Segura, who we got enough from last week. But Marte... In 2017, he had a little bit of a rough time uh, with a really tragic thing that's going to tone this down for a minute. His mom died in a tragic accident in the Dominican Republic in July, mid-season for this kid in his first season Mm. in the majors. And obviously, he was completely distraught, and he went back for the funeral with some management from the Diamondbacks. So extra points. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. Extra points for the D-backs. I know I've been a little unflattering to their manager, but at least there's some good heart there in the management. And he has a tattoo on his left arm of his mom's face. And he has an emotional quotation about this. He said, my mother always wanted the best from me and for me. And I feel like that she's with me all of the time. I feel her helping me always. At the same time, I know she's gone and that's very hard to deal with. But again, I've always been one to trust in God and I know I'll be okay. Well, after that experience in 2017, when they went to the postseason, he homered against Clayton Kershaw. And batted 412 in the postseason. So to take somehow some energy out of that tragic experience and be able to still focus on his game is really impressive. And for 2018, he did well despite the the Diamondbacks issues. 
He was the number one in triples for the National League, and he batted 260, not too bad. They want to keep him. They signed him for a five-year extension plus options for two more years. He had a lot of power last year, and people are saying that that's because he kind of filled up. It's like that growing year when they go from the scrawny, just energetic dude to some guy with power. His exit velocity went way up. And usually when that happens and hitting more home runs, they tend to strike out more. But his was the opposite. His strikeout rate actually went down. So I'm thinking that looks really good. And he's also good on defense. He was the second in the National League for second baseman in fielding percentage. He has a really adorable son that I saw running around in a video. His name is Caden. He looks like he's maybe three or four years old. And the video I saw was the little piece that made me a little bit hesitant about this guy and why he fits into our redemption theme for this year. He <laughs> likes the bling. He likes the swagger. That's not usually my style. I'm not a woman full of bling and swagger on a regular basis. Maybe just once in a while. He says that his nickname is PK for that reason. I don't know why that that connection is. That translation is beyond me. It was spelled Pike on his shirt for Players Weekend. And he has even hats that say PK on him and his rows and rows of hats and shiny shoes. But also in that video, he was boxing up baseball equipment to send back to the Dominican Republic. And he said that he knows a lot of guys who are going up from the minors into the majors who have a lot of extra stuff that's like new and to send it back. And he's hoping to do more and more every year. So despite the bling and the swagger, I like him. And I like him even more because of this quote from a former Mariners teammate, Sean O'Malley, who's a utility guy in the Mariners. He said, he keeps everybody in a good mood whether he's trying to dance salsa or cracking a joke. Sounds like a fun guy to me. I'm actually happy to hear about the bling because there, there, <laughs> there wasn't like, you know, any weird thing that would make me worry about your choices and boyfriends and the whole rest of the story. So that was good. Yes. And you admit it. Look at us growing. There we go. We are, we are growing in this process. I may not be growing with this next one. I don't know. But not, another redemption story. My Diamondbacks boyfriend pick is Steven Souza Jr., 29-year-old right fielder. I'm picking him for two and only two reasons. And I'm proud of one and not so much the other. The first one is Steven Souza was a national in 2014. And he had my favorite play of that entire season, which was a leaping catch in the bottom of the ninth of a fly ball hit by Kristen Yelich, who you know I love. This was the third out in the ninth inning, which saved Jordan Zimmerman's no-hitter. It was freaking amazing. Everyone's heart in Washington, D.C. stopped at that moment, and then it was okay again. So that alone should be enough. But no, there's more, and this one, bear with me. He has a son whose name is Micah Stanley. When I read it quickly, out loud, it said Michael Stanley in my head. And people of a certain age who grew up near me in Cleveland will know the Michael Stanley band was like the biggest thing ever to come out of Cleveland in, oh, say, 19... And I love them. And so Micah Stanley, Michael Stanley, that's that's reason number two for Steven Souza. That's good by me. Um, also good for you is his mom was a teacher. Oh, yay. Bonus yeah. points. Yeah. So he grew up in Everett, Washington. And he was drafted in the third round in um, 2007 by the Nationals. And he went right to, weirdly, with a parent and his teacher, he went right to um, the majors without Hmm. going to college. Um, And then things went south for him. 
He was a partier. He had seen too many movies with the, the you know, the, the, the professional sports people, the sports ball players with the girls and the cars and the, the bling and ah, all of those things. Bling. And he was all in for all of that. He also had a 50 game PED suspension, which he didn't make excuses for. He had an explanation, but he said, yeah, well, I totally did it because he had had a random drug test in the last 10 days. He stole drugs from the locker next to his and took them like the next couple of days and then got tested. So it doesn't count if they're not your drugs. Is that yeah, what the no, bottom line no, is? No, no, no. Actually, it did, in fact, count. Ah. And he said, yep, it sure did count. And, you know, things were kind of horrible for him for a while. But that suspension kind of made him sit back and reassess. And yes. Redemption. Way before redemption. Jesus. Ah. Right? That's connected to redemption. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that, but that, but that Sorry, was his yeah. path. That was his path. Okay. okay. So we had, he kind of went to the church to sort of help him get his life back together. And he completely did. He completely did. So this was back when he was in the minors. He debuted in April 2014 with the Nationals, but just for a month. He was there just to kind of fill in for, you know, players out with injuries. Back down to AAA, back up in August, injured again, right? Back down. But he came back in time in September to be a hero in that Jordan Zimmerman game. And how did the Nationals thank him? They traded him to Tampa Bay. That is such a penalty. I don't That's know. not I, cool I, to send somebody know. to Tampa. But Tampa Bay was very good for Steven Souza Jr. Because by 2017, he was the team MVP. And he had career highs for home runs with 30. And RBIs with 78. And runs 78. And stolen bases 16. So that was a great year. So he did really, really well with Tampa Bay. So what did Tampa Bay do? They traded him to the Diamondbacks. So last year was his first season with the Diamondbacks, and it was kind of terrible. Lots of injuries. Um, and then he tanked. As Potty Mouth said, the outfielders kind of had terrible numbers. So he was not alone with the tanking. But because of his 2017, because of Micah Stanley, and because of that leaping catch in 2014, and one more thing, he is my boyfriend and I have hope for him. The last thing I'm going to say about him is he's got a sense of humor. When uh, when Tampa Bay was playing the Twins at Target Field, he made a joke diving catch for a ball that was like 30 feet away from him. He was never going to get that ball, but he jokingly went for it. Everybody loved him for this. Again, this was, the Twins were the home team here. So when he came up at his next at bat after that, the Twins fans gave him a standing ovation, which I love about the Twins fans. Good work. That's the right thing to do. And he rewarded them by hitting a home run against them into the second deck. So thank you, oh. Stephen Souza Jr. Yeah, that was nice of those Twins fans. Ouch. So from redemption to hope for the future. And we're putting hope Ooh, in work. girls baseball. Little update here on girls baseball. A couple of, of series that we talked about last year, but for those of you who weren't with us last year, you'll be able to do this again with us this year. Major League Baseball is actually sponsoring girls baseball series, and it's an exciting thing. The dates have been set. They were just announced this past week. The 2019 Trailblazer series, which is for girls aged 11 to 13, will be happening April 11 to 14 in Kansas City. And this always happens around Jackie Robinson weekend. Um, and it's in it's going to 
wait, last year it was in L.A. And it happens with girls from around the United States, Canada. And they always say United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. Again, so again, with that whole other country thing with I, Puerto Rico. I'm having yeah. a hard time with it. We're going to yeah. keep looking into that. But an exciting opportunity. So we're going to put that on our podcast calendar and follow it and talk more about it. Another one going on the podcast calendar right now is the second annual Breakthrough Series for girls aged 14 to 17. And that's going to be June 14th to 18th in Vero Beach, I think. Is that California? That's so, Florida. That's Florida. Where the, that's where the World Cup was. That was Vieira. Oh. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not so sure. Wrong. It's going to be in a warm state. Stay tuned next week. I promise I'll let you know. Those participants are going to be selected, and it's a level of elite instruction really gearing them toward the next level. So come on, U.S. baseball. We need, as a result, a professional women's league for these girls to go into. Hopefully that's in the pipelines, maybe in the back of people's mind. The cool thing about U.S. baseball that's co-sponsoring with MLB, they're also scholarshipping this so that the girls don't pay. So I'm hoping that this is a serious thing that we're going to be able to follow for a while and see what's going to be happening with girls baseball and MLB putting something behind it to make it really happen. If you are a girl who plays baseball, if you know girls who play baseball, make sure they know about these series in it with enough time to figure out how they can apply, how they can try to get in on these series. Yeah, and they don't need a team. So a, a lot of the girls who participate in these are the girl on their Little League team. And they're right. so excited to actually be playing with girls of their caliber. And we talked about this last year that they find to be more challenging than the boys that they're used to play with because they're the girls who are the only girl. you got to be tough to do that. you got to be good. These are good kids playing baseball. Over the next week, we are going to do some research on boyfriends for the Angels and the Nationals. I'm really sad to be doing the Nationals so early because if you are paying attention, you know we're starting from the worst record and going to the best, and we're smack dab in the middle, and there's the Nats. There's hope. There is hope for this year, though. As always hope. Yes, Remember, exactly. I'm a Cleveland girl. I know about these things. And as a Cleveland girl, my daughter made sure that I let you guys know what you should be doing this week in addition in addition to telling your friends about the show and subscribing and leaving a review. You should be going online and voting for Baker Mayfield of the Cleveland Browns as Rookie of the Year. It's part of your cross-training. Can I vote to make his middle name Curtis? That's a different poll altogether. All right. Thanks, Potty Mouth. Go ahead and say goodnight. Good night, Potty Mouth. <laughs>